0: Well, today i'm excited as i've already said to have the authors of the book emotionally free with us now i suppose that grant is technically the author but his wife kathy has spoken into his life so much i'm glad she's here with us you know the first time julie that i met grant i was actually hosting on 100 huntley street okay. and i met this guy in the back room i didn't know what to expect And within about two minutes, we were splitting our guts, laughing, and that's really something for an anesthesiologist. I mean, they just put you to sleep normally. And uh,
1: oh my goodness!
0: Anyways, I'm just saying it for what it is. Hey, Grant and Kathy, we're so glad you're with us today. Welcome back to the program. Nice to be back with you, Mike. And and, uh, I just like to uh, take shots at you, Grant, because I love you, man, as a brother in the Mm -hmm. Lord. And uh, Kathy, you have become a real sister to us as well. Mm And I want to grant just, I never tire of a good story, even Mm. if you're telling it with your lame jokes, (laughs) take us back to your journey uh, on being an anesthesiologist to a mental health practitioner to how on earth you're on this program today.
2: (laughs) Well, actually Mike, thinking about the day we met uh, on Huntley Street, we were killing ourselves laughing, but remember what the topic of the interview was? I can't depression. remember. It was depression. It oh, was a very depressing right. interview, and and so we just really weren't mentally prepared when when the cameras started to roll. But so my story is, I started out as an anesthetist. Now I have to compliment the people who do your intros, Mike, on the air. They, she actually said it correctly. Okay, like that's pretty impressive.
1: So I don't I, even know I, if I, I can spell to. it,
0: let alone
2: say it.
1: I no, I can't.
2: Uh, <laughs> I wanted to put people to sleep because that was God's first medical act. I knew it was God's will for me. Uh, You know, he put Adam to sleep, so I just knew that that was the divine indicator. And so I moved here to Grimsby, to a small hospital. So in the morning, I put people to sleep. I woke them up afterwards. and then. uh, But in the afternoon, I was a GP because the ORs were closed. And in general practice, I was just uh, shocked, stunned, and overwhelmed with people with uh, mental health problems, emotional problems. And uh, because I was a Christian, I attracted a large number of Christians. And so I, 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 didn't, I had no idea that Christians were suffering emotionally because the church I grew up in, everyone was walking in victory. And so uh, I saw all these Christians who were struggling. They didn't know who to trust, where to turn, what to do. And they, they assumed that they were weak, broken Christians. Yeah. And so I just started to take an interest in uh, mental health because they didn't know where to turn. So I thought I'd give it a try. And so I started to uh, start treating depression, anxiety, and uh, mood swings. And to my absolute astonishment, they started to get better. And then words started to get around. And then people started to come from all over North America, took over my life. So I quit general practice, I quit anesthesia. And then I I had a mental health clinic for about 25 years. And then then after Kathy and I had a marriage crisis, God taught us the keys to healing of our hearts. And then we just thought, well, maybe other Christians ought to know that. So we started teaching it uh, around the world. And then wrote the book to sort of summarize our our message, and then now we have an online course where we teach it uh, online.
1: Well, and you know, going on from that, Kathy, tell us how that morphed into your marriage, uh, just becoming involved in and in touching people's lives, and 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 really speaking into it further into family ministry.
3: <clears throat> well, when when you are Healed yourself of of issues that have come up through your childhood and and then relationship issues that develop as you get older. Um, the natural thing for me was then to start um, bringing other people into that healing, and and so I got trained and taught into how to pray with people and to um, allow or introduce them to hearing God's voice so that they could. Uh, receive that healing for themselves. And so that just kind of was a natural flow for me. Um, It complemented my gifts naturally, and and I'm very happy doing that.
2: Well, we wanted to share with others what God had done for us.
3: You
1: know, and that's what's so wonderful because that that is so powerful when people share from from what they've conquered. And I think that's what speaks so loudly through the two of you that you've, you've walked the walk and you talk the talk and you share that with people. So you're such wonderful examples.
0: You know, Kathy, I'd like to ask you a question because as I've heard you share many times, both you and Grant, Grant often talks about people carrying baggage. And I'd like to talk about emotional baggage for a moment but would you just describe what it is to us so that maybe our viewers right now can do somewhat of a self-diagnosis and saying, hey, what is it that I'm carrying? So when we talk about emotional baggage, what is that?
3: <clears throat> Excuse me. Basically, it's, it's the accumulation of stuff from your past, from your childhood. So, you know, as I was thinking about this um, interview, I was I think the Lord just sort of dropped this picture into my mind. So picture yourself as a child and someone disappoints you, or something didn't happen the way you expect, or you were treated inappropriately, or something along that line, and it's almost like you're going to look at that person, or look at life through a new um, lens, so it's like you've put on a pair of say light blue sunglasses and then it happens again and another layer gets added to those glasses and then another layer as incidents and events happen. And so basically that's like your baggage getting filled up. There are different situations and and events that happen in your life and it each gets sort of put into into a storage area in your past and, and what it does is it colors the way you look at the rest of your life. Based on what's happened in your past, so it's your perspective. Your parents may never have intended for you to receive that correction in the way you did, but you did receive it that way, and as a result, you always look at life. You know, I guess I'm just not good enough, or I guess I can't trust, or I guess um, God isn't loving, or whatever these these uh, perspectives and viewpoints are. Become the lies that sort of determine the way our life goes, and and baggage can affect everything in your life, in, in and how you approach it.
2: We have a test to tell if you if a person has emotional baggage, because lots of people we talk to, especially if they're guys, they say, uh, "I don't have any baggage, you know, I'm fine." <laughs> she has the problem, and uh, and the, here's the test: it's do you ever <laughs> overreact? ever or, to or anything under-react. or underreact when you should be reacting oh, but boy. really do you never overreact ever to anything that means your baggage is getting triggered
1: that's very interesting overreacting or underreacting it's still a trigger very interesting well, i'm just
2: trying
0: not to react right now
1: <laughs> well you know also we you know we always talk about how we want to be happy whatever that means. So what is the difference between happiness and joy? And can we have them? Can, can you explain why happiness is good medicine? And is that true in real life?
2: Well, who should answer that? Oh, okay, that's mine. <laughs> okay. Well, here, well, here's the, the, the difference, that the way it was explained to me that made sense. I mean, obviously happiness and joy, they overlap. And to most people, they're considered the same thing. But to a Christian, uh, we separate them. So happiness is your um, pleasant response to circumstances that are are ongoing in front of you. So in other words, it's your response to current, current events. But joy, to a Christian, is the state of your spirit. So in other words, it's something that flows from the heart of God uh, into your spirit continuously. Or it's another way of thinking is, I like to picture it as a, it's an underground stream that runs underneath your spirit mm. and it, it it bubbles up like a continuous uh, fountain uh, into your spirit and you can draw from it like a well at any time, regardless of what's happening in front of you. So joy, in, in that sense, joy is independent of circumstances where happiness is dependent on circumstances. So for a Christian, we can always have this uh, inner sense of joy, which really is associated with peace, um, that, that continuously regardless of circumstances. Now that's easy to say, um, <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily easy to walk out. But when I read it, I thought, oh, that made sense. Uh, not that I've mastered that. But anyways, that, that to me is the easiest way to separate it.
1: I think that's an excellent word picture. I'll have to try to remember that.
0: Well, stay with us for just a moment. We're going to be back with Grant and Kathy as we unpack more about what it means to be mentally and emotionally and spiritually well. We'll be
1: right back.